0: Ahoy, Buck fans! Are you looking for a different kind of podcast that centers on the yellow-bellied opponents? Well, you've come to the right place. Get ready for an enjoyable, in-depth look back at the important moments, historical facts, and games for the Buccaneers against this week's opposition. It's the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com podcast network. Now, Let's get started with your co-hosts, Jason Powers and Peter Blake.
1: All right, welcome back to the No Quarter Given Podcast, a week two winning edition of the No Quarter Podcast. Mr. Peter Blake, welcome in, sir. sir.
2: It feels good to be back, and uh, two years in a row on the No Quarter Given Podcast, we're 2-0, so not too bad, and uh, the win over the Saints, I mean, how good does that feel?
1: Yeah. Great. I mean, it's a, we had a, you know, we're going to talk about the game in depth here where there was some wild stuff in the game. It's not, not the most exciting game on uh, between the lines, but then there was some theatrics after the whistle and all that good stuff. We're going to get into, but again, a great start for the Buccaneers to win this kind of game, getting off to a two and start both games on the road against good teams in the NFC, which will definitely come into play later on down the road for playoff positioning and such. And, uh, very impressed with what I saw out of the Buccaneer defense, especially.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Six sacks and uh, three interceptions. A pick six off of Jameis Winston. Uh, Winston showed us who he was. He he t- returned back to his old form, and the defense definitely had a uh, a hand in that last Sunday.
1: And just so, just for the fans out there, just for you, Peter Blake, and everybody in the audience, <laughs> I am wearing my Jameis Winston Florida State number five shirt nice. in honor of his giving prior to Thanksgiving, is givings to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
2: Is that the number of interceptions he has for the year already or he's going to have next week? I mean, what what, what were you doing, a tribute to him?
1: Well, no, I'm going to give you another little nugget, too. This was actually my number two when I played at Florida State back in the day. Really? I was number five, man. I
2: I had no idea that. See, you learn something new about your tag team (laughs) partner every day. Pretty but cool. not, how come we don't talk about this kind of stuff on the podcast? Oh, that's right. We're we're focused on the box. Well, we are we
1: we, we mix it in when we can. We that's mix good. it in. That's we good. got a big i want to make a big announcement before we get into the preview. We are going to have either next week or the following week your Super Bowl-winning quarterback, Brad Johnson, is gonna be on the no quarter given podcast. We're going to talk about his career in Tampa, winning the Super Bowl, and all things that's going on with Brad. Brad's son's the starting quarterback now at Texas A&M, who had a big win over Miami. We're going to talk all things football with Buccaneer legend Brad the Bull Johnson.
2: Nice. Very nice. Uh, That's that's an oldie but a goodie. That's for sure.
1: The first ever Super Bowl winning quarterback for our Buccaneers. Nice. All right, so the No Quarter Given podcast is being brought to you by Beef O'Brady's. We're in the corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue. Definitely check it out. Uh, we're going to be out there for a remote uh, on, a week from Thursday for the Cincinnati Miami Thursday night game. Peter and I are going to be doing a live live streaming show Thursday night. So definitely come on out if you're in the area, right? Right in the Carrollwood uh, Forest Hills area of Tampa. Come on out and say hello. We'd love to talk to you. We'll get you on the uh, we'll get you on the live stream. We're gonna preview uh, Miami and Cincinnati, all the NFL games, the college games on Saturday as well. So next Thursday, September 29th, we're gonna be at Beef O'Brady's. Peter and I at seven o'clock for our uh, game day live broadcast. So <laughs>
2: nice. That's all right, really let's nice. get in.
1: Let's, let's get into the 20 to 10 victory in New Orleans. Okay. Again, a bad a defensive battle. The Saints go right down the field, kick a field goal early. The Bucks move the ball up and down the field. Fumble, fumble in the red zone, early, late first quarter, uh, you know, a bad snap between uh, Hainsey and Brady, a defensive game. This game, you know, three to nothing for many, many minutes into this game. The Bucs don't tie it until probably mid-third quarter, I believe, suck-up kicked the field goal to tie the game. And then all the theatrics get going. On third and ten, Brady throws a, a ball down the sidelines that he thought Scotty Miller got interfered with by Lattimore, Lattimore starts chirping, Bruce Arians starts chirping, Tom Brady starts chirping, and all of a sudden, it's go time, Royal Rumble style. I know you're a wrestling fan, Peter Blake. Uh, here comes Mike Evans, Pearl Harboring, some Lattimore from behind, and we got a full Donnie Brook in the middle of the Superdome. Your thoughts?
2: Well, I'm surprised, uh, first and foremost, that more people weren't suspended. I don't really understand what the NFL is trying to do. I get it. It's on TV. You warned Ba because he was chirping at Lattimore. You also suspended Mike Evans, but you know didn't Lattimore throw a punch here? Uh, wasn't the other guy who was involved? Didn't he throw some punches? So why weren't they suspended? And then at the end of the day, the reason why Evans has to do that is because Lattimore put his hands on the greatest of all time, and Tom Brady. You know Brady is like the godfather at that point, so you got to protect him. You got to have his back, and Evans did it. So. Even though it's disappointing that Evans is not gonna play in this game versus the Green Bay Packers, well worth it.
1: I wouldn't say well worth it. I, I think he could have done something not to what he did, the level of what he did. I mean, because when you when you take a 20-yard running start from the sideline, double arm shiver in the back from the backside like that, that's what got him suspended. I think if he would have gotten to his face and they got into a shoving match, I don't think he'd have got suspended. But when you run, when you again, it's a bad look for the NFL when you have a full Donnie Brook in the middle of the field. So I hate to say it, but he, Evans had to be suspended and they had to do that. I mean, I don't, again, Lattimore, he was running his mouth. Brady was running his mouth. You know, I Did wish Mike... Michael- really-
2: did they really have to suspend them? Couldn't they suspend no,
1: them? They had, look, no, if they, if they, they had no, they have a history, they have a history. Peter, get Blake. I get
2: it, they have a history, but both of them should be suspended. Then, no, suspended I don't. I, I hate to
1: say, I hate to say it. I don't think Lattimore did enough to be suspended. And, He's I, and I want a punch. No, he didn't. Who'd he, he throw a punch to? He threw a punch at Fournette. Look at the No, he, he gave but him a hand shiver to the face. Come on. It, it, well, I mean, come, come on, on. That now.
3: deserves on. it. I mean, if you're going to be fair at the end of the day, and then
2: on top of it, the refs don't let that get out of control in the first place by calling the correct penalty uh, or they nip it in the bud before it happens, then you don't have that. So I get it. I understand Evan should have be suspended. I get that. But also the other guys that were involved should be suspended. That's fair. And that's the problem with the National Football League. That's the reason why a lot of people get out of control and don't understand where they're coming from. They're not consistent with their discipline. If you want to make a stand or take a stand at that point, you would suspend Lattimore and whoever else was involved with it, not just Evans. It looks bad. It makes it look like, you know what, we're just reacting to it because it was on TV and because he has Mm -hmm. a history. Well, so does Lattimore. Lattimore caused it. Uh, He was the instigator, and it's the second guy that gets caught, not the first one. It's disappointing.
1: Uh, I am going to disagree with you on that one. I don't I don't think Lattimore did enough. Now Lattimore did he did he rile things up? Yes. I don't think he did enough to be suspended a game. Now find find them, you know, penalize them, which they did. They they penalized both guys in the game. But again, you you can't have that look. Again, remember, Mike Evans did the exact same thing a couple years ago. He had a running start at Lattimore when he and Jameis Winston got tangled up. That's the part that gets, that's going to get him suspended is the 20 yard sprint to go double arm shivering him in the back like that. And you can't suspend everybody because there'd be 30 guys suspended. If that, if that was the case, there'd been 30 guys suspended based on a rumble.
2: Well, this you know, the, the suspend the constants in this, the two constants from the history are Evans and Lattimore. Why isn't Lattimore suspended? That's my only thing. And if he's, watch the replay he's putting his hands on Brady on top of it uh he's throwing punches and if you're gonna throw punches you should be suspended I'm sorry I I understand what Evans did I I get it he was having Brady's back and it wasn't right uh so the NFL took advantage of it and and suspending him but also you should do the same thing for Lattimore just my opinion
1: all right Uh, that's 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 all right let's get to the Buccaneer defense on the field Jamel, Jamel Dean two graded two more interceptions Mike Edwards with his third career pick six. Again, we talked about it last week. What I love seeing is the Buccaneer DBs are catching the ball. When they're given opportunities, they're making plays on the ball that they weren't making last year, especially, again, Jamel Dean has had some catch problems in the past. You know, he did a great job, great interception in the end zone. Then he had the other diving interception. Just your thoughts on the Buccaneer DBs.
2: I mean, the onus was in the offseason to get more turnovers. In fact, there was a goal out there, uh, 30 interceptions, and they're right on their way with it. So it's encouraging to see Jamel Dean, who's in a contract year, to have a great game there and also have that pick six by Mike Edwards, who, by the way, is back to the scene of the crime there for Mr. Edwards, because, of course, just a couple of years ago in, in the divisional playoff game, he was the one that sealed the deal with the interception. So very encouraging, even when your offense has all these injuries and not having a good day, you could depend on your defense and the defense on Sunday was awesome.
1: Yeah, the pass rush was there. I mean, the pass rush was consistent. You know, what'd you think of the comments after the game by Devin White about Jameis' turnover proneness and then, you know, just the, we knew he was going to throw it to us kind of comments that he made after the
2: game. I mean, I don't have any problem with it and people getting, you know, up in arms about it saying, you know, it was shade or th- <laughs> he was just telling the truth. And you hear that Chris Godwin was upset about it, but at the end of the day, that's how Devin white felt. And that's how that locker room felt. We heard this a couple years earlier from JPP. So did he really say anything that wasn't true? No, because he did get the ball. The defense did get the ball because that's what <laughs> James does. He gives you the ball. So, why is everybody up in arms? And did you forget that Jameis Winston was eating W's when he didn't even start a game for the Saints? Did you that's guys forget true. that's true was dancing in the locker room as the Saints were celebrating the division? Did fans forget that? I mean, you guys have selective amnesia out there. I just don't understand. I'm on Facebook and Twitter. Oh, Devin White, that was classless. Oh, okay. So it was cool for Jameis Winston to eat W's and dance and do all this other stuff. That was classless. No, he told the truth. That's how the defense felt. And that's the main reason why the Bucs won the championship the year when he left because Brady could take care of the ball. And that's the reason why they won the game last Sunday because Brady could take care of the ball. So enough with the you're, you're, you're throwing shade out there, you're petty. No, he's telling the truth. If you can't handle the truth, get out.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't have a problem. And what I like is the edge at the Buccaneer defense. It's the swagger they're playing with. They yes. all know. They all. They're all playing. their They're doing their roles. They're. You know. They're not trying to do too much. They're making the plays. Bowles is calling some great defensive calls, and they're. They're playing very well. Assignment football.
2: Yeah, and if anybody again has a problem with that opinion, cry me a river, <laughs>
1: or reach out to P- Peter Blake on Twitter. Give us give it. the Twitter handle.
2: And and absolutely. Uh, P Blake 1003 at Sports Web. Uh, the other. I guess that's what it is. I don't know. I don't go on Twitter enough. So I need to I need to do more of that. But I go on Facebook and you see Oh there. Oh, Devin White. That was classless and all this other. No, he's telling the truth. And he was right. Was he not right on Sunday? Did he not <laughs> give up the ball? I'm
1: I mean, fans you can reach out to me on Twitter at jpo sports yeah. and I'll make sure to get all your messages to Peter Blake sure. all your comments to Peter Absolutely. Blake for sure well and, but post sports on Twitter
2: Sure go for it do it
1: All right let's get to the offense Yeah You know uh, again uh, uh, they didn't play bad they moved the ball pretty consistently couldn't you know they they sputtered again they're playing against a very good New Orleans defense a scheme that that's always given Brady problems and again the breakthrough was you know, a couple big third down conversions. The breakthrough was the long kind of broken play to Perriman down the sideline. A great throw by Brady from the left hash mark to the back right end zone. Perriman makes a nice catch in the end zone, puts him up 10-3. They go on from there. I'm gonna a couple things I want to bring your attention to, and we'll get your thoughts. Sure. I'm getting about sick and tired of Scotty Miller, man. Well,
2: drops that's, uh, drops. Yeah. Yes. I mean, drop, Brady, you saw Brady. the
1: visual frustration with Brady. He he throws the one little corner route to him perfect throw he drops it he falls what do you mean how many at least once or twice a game he's running some kind of outcut and he falls down would have been another couple catches i'm I'm, I'm getting about tired of scotty miller
2: well i'm gonna tell you right now since the super bowl year he's fallen off he's regressed and that's the reason why the bucks went after a wide receiver this week in cole beasley who's had two straight years of 80 catches They want to get somebody dependable. Look, he doesn't have the athleticism, if you will, as a Scotty Miller, maybe not the speed, but what can he do, Jason Powers? Catch the ball when it's thrown to him. In traffic. In traffic. Do your job, Scotty Miller. Do your job, wide receiving room. And if you don't do your job, Tom Brady's going to have somebody on their radar. And that was Cole Beasley when all Brittany (coughs) turns on us with that. With that comment there and we'll see about obj because they were spotted together talking so this is not done in this you know with the bucks injuries at this point you know they have their struggles but if you get the ball thrown to you by tom brady and you can visibly see he's upset and you're not catching the ball guess what more than likely you're gonna have a pink slip
1: i think it i I would not be i mean i think beasley's gonna be ready to play sunday he's gonna be in there for limited packages. I think I don't think you're going to see Scotty Miller active. The only chance he's active is if Julio can't play. But if, Jul- if Julio is able to play, or I shouldn't say that, if Scotty Miller's active, he's the last receiver in the rotation. I mean, oh. Beasley's going to be in front of him. You're going to have Perriman. You're going to have hopefully Julio Jones. Probably not going to have Godwin. You're not going to have Evans. So again, I'm, I'm about I'm about I'm on my last leg of Scotty Miller. I just I hate to say it, you know. I think Tom. I think you saw the frustration that he has. Scotty Miller for for all the hope and all the potential we all say Scotty Miller has is he really that good? I don't think he's that good. I think he's an average player at best.
2: Yeah, I think he's an average player. I think he's got lots of speed. He can definitely take the top off the defense, but it's- can he? Can he? He's done it. He did it in the Super Bowl year. He hasn't done it that much anymore because he can't catch the ball. You can beat anybody you want to with your speed. You can get separation, but If you can't catch the ball when it's thrown to you, it doesn't matter how much separation or how much speed you got. So once again, that's the reason why this team will continue to go after wide receivers. And if there is an OBJ out there and he's healthy in November, don't be surprised because we know that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Julio Jones are all injury prone and you're not taking any chances. You're not going into the year depending on guys that can't catch the ball. That's the reason why Tyler Johnson isn't here. And there's a lot of fans out there complaining about Johnson not being on this team. Johnson has done squats with the Texans. In fact, he hasn't even started. So that's not a big loss. And when he had the opportunity to catch the ball consistently, guess what? He dropped it. That's why the Bucks dropped him. And more than likely, if Scottie Miller keeps on dropping balls, he'll be dropped off this team.
1: I think I think Scottie Miller is going to get cut as soon as as soon as Julio and Godwin are healthy with Evans, I think Scotty Mills is going to get cut. I really do. I think Beasley's not getting cut after a week. They're keeping him. Right. Um, I, I I think Scotty Mills' days as a Buccaneer is very short. Let's go to the I offensive. There are too. Let's go to the offensive line. Everybody thought offensive line problems were going to be major problems. Give them credit; they have been very good at pass protection through two games. Josh Wells goes down. Brandon Walton comes in and plays really good left tackle Sunday. Did not give up any sacks to, against a very good defensive line. Hainsey's been very solid. They didn't run the ball great on Sunday, but we didn't think they were going to run the ball great. Gedecky's been good. A couple penalties, nothing crazy. No no major bust that I've seen in the offensive line.
2: Only in that fourth down when you're in the red zone. I don't know what that blocking scheme is at that point. Looked like a miscommunication. And then, of course, you have the the center to quarterback exchange, which looks like it's on Brady at that point. It's to be expected. It's disappointing because, to me, the Bucs dominated that first half, even though the scoreboard didn't show it. You missed those opportunities, but you're exactly right. To be down to your third-left tackle and for him to come in there and play the way he did and then keep that commitment to the running game because even though you're not getting a lot of yards, you're holding that defense accountable. And if you can be balanced, we know – that those things are going to open up down the field. So you can catch them, Scotty Miller, even though you don't catch them. So that's the reason why you run the ball in the first place. So you look at his numbers, what, 24 for 65 yards, hard running. But at the end of the day, you have to have balance to your offense because if you get into a one-dimensional mode, then that's when the defense starts to tee off on a Tom Brady, and that's exactly what you don't want.
1: All right, so Josh Wells looks like he's going to be out for a little while going on IR. The other big loss was Akeem Hicks with the foot injury. You know, we, we 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 wondered, could he stay healthy? That was his big our big issue with Akeem. He's done a good job. Can he stay healthy? Looks like he's gonna be out about a month. Uh, again, the question would be now, I guess can Nacho hold up? Can Nacho and Vita Vea, Nacho and Golston, whatever combination that they use in that at that other spot next to Vita, can those guys do enough to get to keep the double teams off of Vita the entire game?
2: Yeah, and it it comes down to Nacho, comes down to players on this team stepping up. And, of course, it's disappointing to lose a Hicks, but that was, you know, the big-time point when he got signed. Could he stay healthy? Because when he's healthy, he can be a dominating force, and we saw that uh, in the Dallas game. We saw a little bit in the New Orleans game before he got hurt. So a lot of people screaming for and Sue. At the end of the day, there's a reason why they moved on from him, whether it's he lost a step. Because I go back to that last play, right, Jason? If he can get there fast enough to get to Matt Stafford, maybe you have a sack. Instead, Stafford hits Cooper Cup on that 41 yard completion, and that sets up Matt Gay for a winning field goal. That's what the bucks are looking at. And that's the reason why they decided to get away from him and go with the Logan Hall. So a Logan Hall, Nacho, they all got to step up at this point in Akeem Hicks's absence.
1: No doubt. No doubt. So he's going to be out a month. We'll see what where they are in a month. Again, uh, I love the I love the toughness for the Buccaneers to win a game like this. We've not won a game like this in a while. We've been, you know, we've won a lot of games where we've scored in the 30s, we won 31-27 kind of games, but we've not won a game like this against a really good opponent on the road in a while. So I'm very encouraged that the Bucs are able to play different styles of a game and still get it done. You know, Brady was as, you know, when he was in New England, they won a lot of these kind of games back in the day, 17 to 10, 20 to 10 kind of games where the defense was more dominant. And it's just a great another great sign for the Buccaneers that they can win different ways.
2: Agree, agree. And this team just continues to find ways to win. And that's a good thing. Even though their offense and all these injuries to their offensive line and the wide receivers, they continue to win because they have a dominating defense. And at the end of the day, if you can stop another team from scoring and you can have sacks and turnovers, you can win. It doesn't matter if you have an explosive offense. People will look at it and say, you know, Tom Brady, Like he has, what, two touchdowns. Last year at this time, he had nine touchdowns and two interceptions. Now he has two and one. People are kind of concerned. But, again, I think the factor is not only offensive line with all the changes and the injuries, but also to that wide receiving room. But the same result on the scoreboard, they're 2-0, and and that's what counts.
1: And the difference in this game, like you mentioned earlier, the propensity for Jameis to throw the ball into traffic versus Tom. Tom would rather throw an incompletion and punt. He understands the value of field position and not putting the ball in harm's way in a a hostile environment where Jameis still hasn't figured that out yet and still tries to jam balls into places that it doesn't need to be thrown.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. Absolutely agree.
1: All right, Bucks fans, we are, again, no quarter given podcast, Peter and I. We're part of the BuckPower.com podcast network. We're going to be back in just a minute. But first, we're going to be back to preview the the Packers coming to town Sunday, 425. But first, we're going to our buddy Paul Stewart for our Bay of Pigs montage. The old Bay of Pigs rivalry. Paul's going to give you the, the historical overview of the Bucks Packers, Bay of Pigs, all the kind of stuff through the years. And so we'll be right back right after you enjoy Paul Stewart's montage on the Bucks and the Packers.
3: This will be the 56th time the Bucks have played the Packers in regular season play. And it currently stands 32 22 in favour of Green Bay with one tie. And of course, the two teams were part of the old NFC Central Division until realignment in 2002. Now the one tie it came in 1980 and remains the only one in franchise history. It was 14 all at the end of regulation after Green Bay's kicker Tom Burney missed a 24-yard field goal and he then missed a 36-yarder as time expired in overtime. Richard Batman Wood had a memorable play for the Buccaneers with this interception return and Doug Williams added a touchdown in the fourth quarter to tie the scores. First and ten for the Green Bay Packers.
0: Ball is at their own 48-yard line. Vicky, throw, a drop, sets, and throws. Intercepted. Richard Wood it's has the ball. Richard Wood, and he's on his way for a Tampa Bay touchdown on the interception by Richard Wood.
3: In December 1983, Monday Night Football came to Tampa Stadium as the Bucks took on the Packers. Unfortunately, it was a real clunker for ABC Network because it was the two and twelve Bucks against the seven and seven Packers, and even the legendary trio of Frank Gifford. Howard Cassell and dandy Don Meredith couldn't do anything to try and hype this one up, but it was still in the days when Monday Night Football meant something, and it was a really special atmosphere that night. Now, the injury-plagued Bucks took the lead when Jack, throwing Samoan Thompson, hit Adger Armstrong to give them a 9-6 lead late in the fourth quarter. The kicker Bill Capiz hit the post with the extra point, and the Packers were able to tie it on a Jan Stenrood field goal. He added another one in overtime and sent the Bucks to another defeat on their way to a 2-14 season record.
1: For Tampa Bay, they bring in
0: they Adger
3: went. Armstrong. That's the two tight ends there. Roll out by
1: Tampa. Thompson. Thompson, Thompson. Wide open. It is hard it. long. Touchdown Tampa Bay and they take the lead. First time tonight, Tampa Bay has had
0: the lead. First time in a long time Tampa Bay has had the lead.
3: Capice is kaput was Coach John McKay's legendary quote after the game. And a diminutive Floridian kicker never played for the Buccaneers again. And it was also the final ever appearance of Howard Cassell in the Monday night booth because his contract was not renewed after the 1983 season, ending a long career as one of the most famous faces in the presentation of the NFL on American television. And then we come to the legendary snowball, December the 1st, 1985, a game that even made the news here in the UK because of the appalling conditions it was played in. It was a snowstorm. And the bucks were in white, almost in camouflage. There were over 45,000 no-shows at Lambeau Fields. People simply couldn't travel to Lambeau for the game. And I've heard so many great stories from the likes of Scott Brankley and Kevin House that will be featuring this as a future podcast on BuckPower.com.
0: here's maintain possession you know I'm really surprised that we haven't seen more fumbles well we've seen some and uh, because it's the conditions look at these guys working <laughs> look at that Ooh, you can tell they're used to the snow here that's speedy cleaning Well, once again you know the grounds crew here in Green Bay have done a marvelous job of trying to keep the yard markers reasonably clean if there's one yard marker, you have to know about it. It's the end zone. Who oh, yeah, must be nuts? Yeah, they must they... be nuts, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> They're also pretty faithful, too. Oh, yes. Tradition. <laughs> young gets away from Carriker. I wonder if they, they didn't throw the flag down because when you slide in feet first you're supposed to be automatically down right there
3: and that's what young is telling the official he's tell- the 1989 season opener was in lambeau field and the bucks won 23 21 nothing too memorable about that apart from the fact the packers wore white jerseys not green and this is the only time they've ever done that in their history for a home game And it was based on Vinny Testaverde's apparent colour blindness that had broken the story the previous season. It didn't work too well for them as Vinny went 22-27 for 205 yards and threw this touchdown pass to running back William Howard. Now that was Vinny's second best ever game for completion percentage as a Buccaneer. And his best one came in 1992 also against the Packers, a game that became known as the Incredible. He went 22 of 25, 363 yards passing and two touchdowns, and he was only one drop pass away from an airfield completion record. Ricky Reynolds opened the scoring on a fumble return, and then the Buccaneer offense took over.
1: And get it going properly. Last week was a good
2: start. Makowski drops deep, lays it over for Sydney, Fell, and now is knocked down at the 17. And lost it. And a touchdown! Touchdown. Ray Reynolds.
0: Watch the blitz.
2: Testaverde touchdown. Touchdown. Mark Mark Carrier, the man who did not have a reception last week.
3: Now this game also featured the first live action for a young quarterback from Southern Mississippi, Brett Favre. He replaced Don Majkowski in the third quarter, and he actually completed his first NFL pass to himself. It was a deflected ball, he caught it for a loss of seven, and of course he would go on to complete a lot of other passes against the Buccaneers and the rest of the NFL over the next 20 years. The Bucks and the Packers would meet three times in the 1997 season. The Pewter Pirates, of course, began the year 5-0, and it was a loss to Green Bay in a nationally televised game that ended that tremendous start to the season. The Packers would also win the return game in Tampa later that year, but they would meet in the postseason on a freezing cold day. I hate using the frozen tundra. A freezing cold day in Green Bay. The Packers won 21-7, but the Bucks had three early scoring opportunities, which they wasted. But it was the start of the famous sack versus five rivalry, as Warren had three sacks that day. The change to the new division alignment in 2002 meant an end to the twice-a-year meetings between the Bucks and the Packers, but they did meet that season in November. Both teams were 8-2 and and leading the NFC. It was a game I ended up calling for British TV, and our post-game coverage was interrupted when the images came through of Warren Sapp squaring up to Packers coach Mike Sherman after an alleged dirty hit he had on Chad Clifton. There was no love lost between those two. The Bucks won and, of course, went on to win the Super Bowl at the end of the year. November 8, 2009 was throwback day in Tampa. Everyone was in Orange. The packers were the opponents and it was josh freeman's first start in the nfl as the bucks had returned from their loss in london had a bye week and they put the rookie in charge and he won his first start it was a memorable day and one i was privileged to watch from the pirate ship freeman
1: outside of Derek ward diving for the pylon he's in touchdown First touchdown
0: pass in the NFL career of Josh Freeman. ...to driver like Blue. First
1: point of the game for Jeremy... Henry. Oh! They blocked it! And it's picked up! And heading in is Rondae Barber!
0: Touchdown! Freeman, come fake, throwing deep! Down, Sammy
1: Squatter oh
0: Rodgers, nobody coming open, and that pass tipped and intercepted, being brought back by Kanar Jackson, heading for the end zone, touchdown.
3: game in a Buckpower.com podcast last year when Roy Cummings joined me to tell the story of Leroy Selman's inductions to the Ring of Honour. 2020. Who can forget the playoff game in Lambeau Field when coach Bruce Arians went into his full no risk no biscuit mode just before half-time. There was a chance for a long field goal. Arians said no and he called for Brady to throw a long pass to Scotty Miller. The game turned on that one play and it was ranked as number five in our Buckpower.com countdown earlier this year. It led to the Bucks making the Super Bowl and winning one for a second time.
0: It would be a 57-yard try from this spot if they pick up no more yardage. Brady goes for the deep shot. He's got a touchdown, Scotty Miller. Oh my gosh. Scotty Miller got behind the defense and for 39
3: yards gets the touchdown and what a half. Oh by Tom Brady. You can read more on all these games and all the other Bucks Packers matchups on buckpower.com. Every player, every game, everything bucks.
1: All right, welcome back. Hopefully you enjoyed Paul's great historical review of audio clips and such statistics, all that good stuff between the Bucks and the Packers. You know, we've had some wild you know, remember two years ago, we thumped the Packers. I think it was 38, 10 in Tampa. We've had some, you know, Epic battles back in the day when we were in the NFC central involving the Packers. So um, the good thing is hopefully this weekend, there will not be a whole lot of Packer fans in the building. I'm sure there will be some because they love this, road trip to get into the warm weather down here in Tampa but let's get to the matchup on Sunday afternoon Peter Blake give me a give me a uh, key point or a key narrative that you think is important in this game
2: well you got to stop the running game of the Packers because they have a two-headed monster there with of course Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon if you can do that and it's going to be a challenge because you're without Akeem Hicks uh who's played well versus the Packers which is disappointing so he's going to be out so the other guys have to step up you have to step you have to stop the running game and force Aaron Rodgers into those mistakes just a couple of years ago. Maybe uh, another Jamel Dean uh, pick six to the house. So that's my big-time point. Stop that two-headed monster with the Green Bay Packers.
1: And if you watch, Buck fans, if you, wa- if you didn't watch the game Sunday night, Green Bay in Chicago, they put a big emphasis on getting Aaron Jones the ball in many different ways. Speed sweeps, the little flip tosses. I mean, he is, to me, he's their best offensive player and their biggest matchup problem for us. They're going to put him out of the backfield. He's going to get eight or 10 carries. Then you're going to have the bull, A.J. Dillon, busting it up the gut with his 250, 250 pounds. But they're not great at wide receiver. You got some older guys, Cobb, Watkins. They don't, he doesn't trust the young guys yet. Watson and Romeo Dubs. Tunyon's okay at tight end. But to me, Aaron Jones is the offensive guy that the Buccaneer defense has to, really know where he's at all the time.
2: Agree. Absolutely agree.
1: All right. Buccaneer offense. Again, Green Bay defensively is pretty good. You know, you saw a little you saw some uh glimpses in the armor of the of the Packer D. Remember Justin Fields went right down the field early. Again, it was some passing, some misdirection stuff. Even though the Bucks are still a little undermanned at receiver, I think again, you're going to see the Bucks run the ball. The Bears were running the ball very well against the Packer defense. On Sunday night, Montgomery had some big runs. Herbert had some big runs. So, again, I think you're going to see more running of the ball for the Bucks. Balance, again, like you mentioned, they didn't gain a lot of yards last week in New Orleans, but they were committed to the run. They probably had another 27 to 30 carries in New Orleans, even though the, the production wasn't great. Like you make a great point, it holds the linebackers. It keeps them playing honest on defense. And, again, I, I think you're going to see the Bucks with some play action. And, again, let's get these tight ends involved in the game a little bit. Brate, Otten, you know, again, they've not had a lot of catches, but, again, they've been doing a good job in the running game. What is your – What give me a key on offense for the Buccaneers, you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's not only run the ball with Leonard Fournette because, again, you got to stay balanced, but also get the ball to your tight ends. Where's Cam Breit? Uh, What about the rookie here? So you would like to see that happen. And who's going to step up for Mike Evans? Is it going to be Julio Jones? It may be Chris Godwin. I doubt it. So is it Jones? Is it Cole Beasley? Who will step up on Sunday? Is it a, a Russell Gage? Somebody has to step up. So I guess my key is to continue to stay balanced and get some of these guys that haven't been involved, namely a cam break from the tight end position.
1: No, I think, I think you're right. I think, I think the, the Packers have very good corners. They got Jair Alexander. They got Stokes. So you're probably not going to mess with the corners a whole lot. I think the middle of the field is where there's going to be some opportunity, crossing routes, things like that, tight end activity. Even Fournette out of the backfield, Rashad White out of the backfield on these little arrow routes, things like that. So I think that's where I think the Buccaneers are going to be able to move the ball. And, again, play a. Few, if you have to play another defensive game, play a field position. Pin them deep, punt when you have to punt, no unnecessary turnovers. Again, Rodgers is not going to throw probably three or four interceptions like James did, so it's probably going to be a – a uh, grinded out kind of game again, but I think home opener, the heat, I think the heat's going to be a factor Four twenty-five. It's still going to be hot. I think that's going to be a factor as well. So again, I think you're going to see, again, I don't think you're going to see 35 points out of the Buccaneers. If the Bucks can get to 24, I think they're in the winner's circle. No doubt about it.
2: I think you're absolutely correct. And that's why I predict the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win 24 to 13 over the Green Bay Packers this Sunday.
1: I agree. I think the Bucks take the Bucks minus the one on the, the point spread. I like that. Um, again, next two home games are big time games. You got, you got uh, Green Bay at home, followed by Sunday night at K- home against Kansas City. That'll be our next preview on next week's episode. But again, you get through this stretch three and one. That's a hell of a job in the NFC. And if you somehow go four and oh, look out, NFC, because we're we're only we're getting nothing but healthier.
2: That's it. You're, you're exactly right. And how many people, Jason Powers, thought this team after two games would be 2 and 0? It was gloom and doom. They're going to lose to Dallas. They're going to lose to to uh, New Orleans because they always get dominated. And you know what? If they come out of this, uh, these next two weeks, and they win both games and they're 4 0 and they're toughest part of their schedule, that Look schedule out. gets easier. Look out because there could be talk of, you know, not only this team. Uh, cleaning up and, and being the number one seed in the NFC, but possibly as crazy as it sounds, and I don't know if it's going to happen. Being uh-oh. uh-oh,
1: uh-oh, are uh-oh. You, are you the 50th anniversary of the Dolphins going undefeated in 72, brother?
2: Why not? I mean, the defense <laughs> is there. It's like a no-name defense they're getting after. I'm not going to compare it, but when you're shutting down teams causing turnovers and scoring touchdowns and your offense isn't 100%, and you know eventually that offense is going to be 100%, Anything is possible, Jason Powers. It is,
1: especially when you have twelve behind behind center, brother.
2: Bingo, right there.
1: All right, last question. I'll get you out of here. Yes. Do you think they're? Do you think they're billing Tom Brady for all the tablets that he breaks every week?
2: Who cares? He's got enough money to pay for him. I mean, how much did he? <laughs> how much did he sign for? I mean, he should have like a, a deal. They should make a commercial about him. Uh, breaking those tablets i'm getting choked up here because i got these ideas they they should make a commercial about it make something you know uh funny with it like, and, like a uh, fundraiser
1: like a char a charity right. fundraiser
2: right i mean uh you know 300 what 375 reasons why he can break anything he wants to with fox so uh yeah i think it's pretty funny but he's probably getting a build and he's probably looking at it and just laughing
1: all right, I'm asking one more co- a coaching question and we'll, we'll be yes. done. I promise.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. What are
1: your thoughts of Bruce Bruce Arians on the sidelines? Is that a good look? What do you just is that I is that have, I don't have any problem
2: with it. I don't know why there's such a big deal about it. I get it, he's chirping, he's BA, he's never gonna stop being BA, but it's not like he's a fan. He's still involved with the Tampa Bay Buccaneer Organization. The people are saying, Well, he's taken away from Todd Bowles, he's a consultant. Jerry Jones has been on the sideline. Arthur Blank has been on the sideline, and nobody makes a big deal about it. Now, the difference is because he's chirping on another player. I get that. I don't think it's a big deal. I think people are making too much of a big deal about it. And I think there's people out there like, you know, Mike Florio Pro Football Talk that has it out for Mr. B.A. Yeah,
1: the NFL sent B.A. a A. stern letter today, this week, saying no more of that because there'll be a bit – I promise you – there will be a big fine involved if he does it again.
2: A stern letter. Oh, oh, no. Wow. Maybe they should uh, send a stern letter to Deshaun Watson. Oh, wait. L- let's go send a stern letter to guys that deserve it, like uh, the running back who didn't play and shouldn't be playing for the whole year. Let's worry about B.A. on the sidelines. Not. Let's let, Let's not worry about Deshaun Watson or Alvin Kamara. No, 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 no. Let's worry about a guy that's 69, 70 years old, having the time of his life chirping at somebody, man. Wow. The NFL, they got their priorities in <laughs> check. Awesome. Way to go. All
1: right, brother. Tell everybody where they can find you and where they can, where they can spew their great comments to one Peter Blake.
2: Yes. Spew your toxicity on the evolution of sports talk television live on Monday, Wednesday nights on, I love St. Pete, the hub and amped up sports of course do three things for me. Bring your passion, bring your excitement. Just don't bring any nonsense. I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about. And I love that toxicity. Just bring that nonsense if you like to. I'll go ahead and troll you back.
1: And, and Buck fans, I apologize. I was questionable this week with a voice injury. My yeah. voice is a little spotty. It's getting better, but I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be there for you on game day. I'm Good always man. here for you, brother.
2: You sound great. You sound absolutely great. We got a little spotty. It's a little better than it
1: was. Sunday morning, Sunday for the New Orleans game. I couldn't talk. I couldn't cheer. I couldn't do anything. I was just sitting there clapping and talking. To, nobody could hear me. I couldn't talk. I went to the Florida game, and I wasn't
2: yelling because I'm in the press box. But I don't know. My My throat was scratchy, too. And I'm like, what is going on with my throat lately? And here we go. I got the voice back. So I'm good. Got the technology back. Thank God I don't have to trash this laptop, throw it out the door, or take it back It's $2,600. Money well spent. So we'll we'll see how it goes, but uh, yeah, man, get better.
1: And Buck fans, if you're remember, if you're in the air, if you're in the Tampa Bay area, come out out Thursday next Thursday night, at the 29th. I know it's the Dolphins playing. We don't like the Dolphins necessarily, but it should be a good game. Miami and Cincinnati will be at BFO Brady's Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue. We're gonna to do a we're gonna do a pregame show from seven to about eight fifteen, leading up to the game. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to talk to you. We'll get you on. Talking all things Bucks, Bucks, uh, next week it'll be Bucks, Kansas City, leading into Sunday night. So we're gonna talk a lot about that next Thursday. But again, Thursday, the 29th, seven o'clock, beefs on Himes and Bush, bro. I'll see you there, Peter Blake.
2: I will see you there. My friend, I'll have my PA system ready to go. If we need that, we'll get fans on. I guess we'll call it the Evolution of Sports Talk Television, along with Powers on Sports uh, Podcast. So yeah, that's
1: cool. right. Game day live, brother. Game day yes. live.
2: Yes. It's about time. We haven't done that in a long time. I miss you, buddy.
1: I know, right? All right, Buck fans, let's get to 3-0. Let's yeah. send the, the Packers, the Cheeseheads, back to Wisconsin with some melted nacho cheese. Maybe Nacho Nunez, Rochez Nunez will have a couple of sacks this week, a fumble recovery to send the Packers back on Southwest Airlines Monday morning with their with their second loss of the year, and the Bucks go to three zero. There you go. It's Nacho time,
2: and it's it's Nacho time for Aaron Rodgers. Hopefully, they make him not relax, okay, we'll, and
1: we'll get some high awesome for him on the way out of out of, out of Tampa Bay, brother. All right, Buck fans, see you next week. No Quarter Given Podcast part of the Buckpower.com podcast network. We will see you next week for the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's go!
3: Box.
0: Join us again soon for another preview of a scallywag Buccaneer foe when we come back with another No Quarter Given Podcast and make sure for the best in historical buck coverage you go to buckpower.com and as always keep listening to the buckpower.com podcast network